This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. assist on the go-ahead goal at center for Dallas gets it deep into the Vegas zone and the four check recovers the puck right in front Delandrio scores Domi got to the loose puck and Aiden Hill says no goal I was interfered with but it popped to the top of the blue paint and Ty Delandria for the moment has his second of the game the Dallas Stars won't go away just yet and they have a chance a chance at least to force Vegas into a game seven do or die if they can pick up a win tonight back at home in Dallas with their captain back in the lineup and just when we thought the Eastern and Western Conference Finals weren't going to have any drama as it looked like both the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights were well on their way to series sweeps we could have a massive storyline and potentially a conference final game seven if the Dallas Stars can get it done once again later on tonight. Welcome to the program. Happy Monday. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement Visit DL Basement Systems. Dot com. Yes, that's the story of the day across the NHL. Jamie Benn is back from his two-game suspension. His team would not die in two games, uh, five and six without him. And now he has a chance to come back into the lineup and potentially help his team force a game seven against the Vegas Golden Knights and put a different spin on the end of his season. And it's already a bit of a different spin for Jamie Benn because... Let's be honest, down 3 nothing and heading into his two-game suspension. Uh, he, like most of us, probably assumed that this series was over. But the Dallas Stars have fought back. They've used an aggressive forecheck, caused some Vegas turnovers that we didn't see in the first three games. And Jake Ottinger has been the difference maker in goal. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's a 6 o'clock puck drop tonight. You can catch the game, of course, across the Sportsnet television networks. You can also listen to the game right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, Taylor and Cam, my outstanding producers, along with us this afternoon as well. A reminder, we've got our Sportsnet today. Uh, series picks up on the line. Uh, Taylor, how are you feeling? You were all over me after Florida and Carolina didn't go our way. Now Dallas has a chance to at least make this interesting and force a Game 7. You know what? If, if I'm just... Do I, at, at this point... It's more so, do I want Dallas to win, or am I just, you know, hoping that they do for my picks? Do I actually want them to win, or is it just picks? Or do you want to be right? Yeah, you know? see, like, once your favorite teams or teams that you like are out, I feel like it just becomes, if you're doing what we're doing, and you have the brackets, and you have the fun little challenges against each other, it's either there's a team that you dislike and you don't want them to win, 
or you're just going for it because you picked a team to get past somebody in the in the series. That's all it is. Like Cam was cheering for the Leafs, of course. Well, I have my own reasons for they that. Were gone. So, so now he's had to change his entire strategy up. <laughs> so far, I mean, so it's been okay. I guess okay. it was it was better than Florida. When Taylor was texting me, and both Vegas and Florida were up three nothing in their series, and Taylor was less than pleased with me. Yeah. Uh, so next round, you're gonna pick first, and I'm gonna pick the exact opposite. I wouldn't blame you. It hasn't gone well for me this postseason. I'll, I'll admit that. I'm my picks have been jinxed this round because of you. Every team that we choose the same. They lose, so I'm the, I'm making you go first for next the time. Record, we made our picks separately. It, it was pure irony or coincidence. Was it? Was it really that we had the same picks for round three? I'm starting That's to think it, it wasn't. I'm Just starting because to think you that dominated you... the first two rounds. Didn't mean anything. I'm gonna call nope on that one. <laughs> we'll see. For the sake of our our friendship and our picks. Uh, we'll see if Dallas can make this interesting and uh, maybe Taylor won't feel quite as bad that I copied her picks in round three. As uh, like Oh, said, so you finally admit it? I don't know what you're talking about. It's just uh, how it is. Uh, of course, on the other side of this, Golden Knights, uh, they're looking to make the cup final for the second time in six seasons since they joined the NHL as an expansion team back in 2017-2018. If the Stars do win tonight, they'll become just the 10th team in NHL history to force a game seven after trailing 3 nothing in a best-of-seven series. Game 7, of course, would be at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas on Wednesday night. Let's get you teed up for tonight's matchup. It's a big one from Dallas. The Stars going in. Said, eh, we're not feeling any pressure. We shouldn't be. We're getting our captain back. We're at home. We've won two in a row. Uh, they've got a good mentality heading into this key game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Here's head coach Pete DeBoer on a game day. Get you set for the Stars and the Golden Knights. I know Jeannie's jacked to be back. Um, how does he channel that emotion the right way? Because obviously it can get him in trouble too. Yeah. You know what? He, he, listen, what, you know, what happened with Jamie? Like, you know, he's not, it's not like he's a, a suspension a month guy. He plays a, a physical, clean game all the time. You know, he crossed the line one night. It's, not a, it's a non-issue. You know, he's, uh, he's done it his whole career. You know, I, I think... Uh, uh, I don't think it's fair to paint him with that brush based on one incident. I mean, he's always been a, a clean, physical, intimidating player. And, you know, he's going to jump right back into that. Up front. Hey, Pete. Hey, of the Athletic. Uh, any, any more? I, I guess two things. One, any update on Dadanov? And then two, any update on the lineup and who might come out? Uh, Dadanov's not in. And uh, we'll make some game time decisions on, on lineup. Right side, second row. Hey, Pete. Uh, Mike Hike at DallasStars.com. We've seen Jamie and Tyler play pretty well during the regular season. I know it's a hypothetical, but what have you seen if they end up on the same line together tonight? Hypotheticals, Mike. We'll see. (laughs) You guys can talk about that in the lunchroom uh, if it happens. Yeah. Pat Doney with NBC5 here in Dallas. Uh, You spoke about how the pressure is going to continue to shift in the series with each win. Do, do you sense that? Do you feel like, as your rinkside, that there is a little bit more tension with how you have played the last two games? Well, how, how couldn't there be, right? Pretty simple. 
I mean, I, I can't even expand. You know, there's no expansion on that. You're you're up three nothing, and now you're staring in the face of a game seven. So how how could you not? Up front. Good morning, Coach uh, Ivan Dawkins, BS3 uh -huh. Network. So. Uh, Seven-year-old Ivan sitting at the kitchen table. My mom is looking at me, and she's making it clear that I better eat all of my food. Yeah. Well, my colleague told me that you didn't really like the first bite of that elephant after game four. <laughs> so I thought I'd do something to make it a little easier for you. Uh, uh, could you please give that to Coach, yeah, please? I'll take a little of that. Okay, yep. that'll help. And it happens to be Texas <laughs> Pete hot sauce. And you're Pete, and this there is Texas. So, Beautiful. Uh, have your agent get a hold of me, Thank and you. we'll see if we can't get some endorsements going. But So how do you think that's... Uh, uh, been going you're getting some traction in the room with that and yeah um you know a lot of people have been commenting on that and say coach seems to have embraced it yeah. how's that going in the room for you well one you know thank you and uh two where have you been all year i wish you were uh, <laughs> uh yeah i mean you know listen we, we couldn't have been in a worse spot at that moment and uh um you know it was a great analogy on how to approach our situation you know, um, there's a lot of cliches out there, you know, that you can throw out. Uh, that, that was uh, one that I had never heard before. It was special, and uh, I think the guys appreciate it and have kind of latched onto it. And uh, we've got our forks and knives out again tonight, looking to take another bite. Left side. I'm going to pass on this till after tonight, I understand. But I want to ask, coming back from a 3-0 to win a series after the cap, is different than maybe before the cap. Like we said, all these stats, it's yeah. only happened four times, but it's happened twice since the cap. Do you think it's going to happen at least more often? Just when you've got, this is a tight series, right? You've got yeah. two pretty evenly matched teams. If one can win three in a row, why can't another win three yeah. or four? Yeah, it, it's a great uh, comment. I haven't thought that deeply about, uh, you know, the history of, of these comebacks. But, you know, now that you say that, it, it lines up with the parity in the playoffs, you know, I, I talked that uh, the Western Conference had seven of the eight teams in the playoffs with 100 plus points. So, you know, the the, the margins are, are razor thin. Uh, you know, I would make the argument we could be up three two in this series based on play so far. So, you know, it's just uh, that, that's 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 the parity of the NHL, and that what that's what makes it the best playoffs in the world in any sport. I think. Any more questions for Coach? Questions, we'll start on No more questions for Pete DeBoer. That was it. They're ready to go, looking to uh, force a Game 7 tonight, of course, against the Vegas Golden Knights. As we mentioned, uh, heading into that, Vegas looking to get back to the Stanley Cup Final for the second time since their inception. It's been a pretty good start uh, to life in Vegas for the Golden Knights, but, uh, of course, uh, all that can turn if you can't make it to a Stanley Cup Final again and you somehow drop this series uh, after having a 3 nothing lead against Dallas. So uh, they're positive heading into tonight's game with the uh, chance once again to eliminate Dallas and head to the cup final. Let's hear from uh, Vegas Golden Knights head coach Bruce Cassidy heading into tonight's action. Hey, Bruce. Uh, Greg Wachinski, ESPN. Your counterpart, Pete DeBoer, said this morning that he believes the pressure has shifted from them to you guys in the series. Do you uh, see that the same way? Yeah, I think we went through this the last series, right? Um, Previous coach mentioned that as well. So I, I don't think our players are looking at pressure in any way, shape, or form. Playing a game we love, we're in a very enviable position is the way I look at it. We've got an opportunity to close out and get to the Stanley Cup final. So I think that's what our guys are focused on. Um, 
That's it in a nutshell for us. On the left, second row. Ben Goetz, Las Vegas Regional. Uh, Bruce, you saw you move Nick Waugh back to the middle for morning skate. What do you kind of hope doing your traditional four center look does tonight? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of that this year. We move Nick around for different reasons. Um, on the road, uh, we've had a lot of success rolling four lines. And not that we didn't do it in, in games three and four, but uh, that is Nick's natural position. I think Mike Amadio has played both left and right, has played with Carly and Smitty, so that's an easier switch. So everything we've done, guys are comfortable with. We're not panicking or anything like that, switching lines around. I mean, how he's going back to where he's played the majority of the playoffs, and Nick's been between Will and, and Coley, you know, all season. So it's just the luck we used to have, and uh, a couple injuries move people around, et cetera, or, or adjustments, and we're just getting back to basically how we started. In the middle. Hi, Bruce. Jesse Granger at The Athletic. This series hasn't had the, the big hits that maybe the first two did, and I'm wondering if you think that has kind of bled into less physicality in other areas, Not, and if you want that physical, like, like you said, you want the team to be harder. Do you think that that has had an impact on it? I do. I think you saw a level of nastiness in game three, and it was kind of put to bed in a hurry, right, because of the situation. And um, now you get a team that's desperate that has to, you know, be careful. Whereas I think the previous two series, there's a little more of a build-up to, to that point, and with Winnipeg, you know, and then specifically with Edmonton, that's probably been the one of the nastier series, I assume, in the, this year's Stanley Cup playoffs. And sometimes that's just the way it plays out. And um, so I, I think your point is well taken. It hasn't been as physical as maybe other series has, but we're still trying to finish checks every night, and I know they are. So uh, we have to do a better job with that. I think times when they're D beat us up ice is when they can get dangerous. So it's, it's, it's not having to, you know, like wipe a guy out is, but you do have to skate through them a little better. Not, we don't think we did a well enough job with that guys on the, their wingers on the walls or their D, you know, you know, the high skin, right? He's up the ice Harley. They're good skaters. They, they help with their offense. We've got to make sure that we're finishing when we can. Um, but to your question, maybe that's why it hasn't been as physical. And we haven't been as hardened in certain areas and, you know that 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 the folk. You know that, that it's on us to get there, whether the other team brings it out out of us or not. And that was the challenge to the guys we discussed yesterday. And hopefully we're better in both slot areas. On the left, Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Bruce, is there one specific trait that makes a team a good road team? And if there is, what is it that applies to this group? Well, I, I think when you can use all your people and not be worried about matchups on the road that certainly helps there's a comfort level every player knows he's going over the boards he's not worried about well who's coming out for them and do, you know do I have to change and etc so I think we've built that into our team from day one um, I think there's a certain amount of veteran presence too that don't panic in in certain environments if it gets loud or things aren't going your way early on um, and I think goaltending too right sometimes you get the timely save a team comes out you know maybe you're not quite as ready that happens a lot on the road. Um, not as much in the playoffs because you should be more heightened awareness, but in general, um, I think those three things, we, we have all of those. Hey, Bruce. Derek Van Deest, NHL.com. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan said if they had offered you guys a 3-2 lead at the beginning of the series with a chance to close it out, they would have taken it. Do you look at that, how important that is just to know where you are, not necessarily the road you got to get here, and it, how tough is it to kind of forget about that, that a 3-2 lead, the chance to close it out is something that any team would take. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, we're, we were up 3 nothing, so we wanted to close it. I mean, we were trying to, you know, get it done quickly, and it didn't happen, so here we are. Uh, I think we're trying to stay in the moment. I think that's what he's getting at, that we have the opportunity to win a hockey game and advance to the to the, the last piece of the puzzle. So we're looking at it that way. We're not, we're not going to beat ourselves up because we didn't get it done the previous two games. We have discussed why and what we need to do better. I mean, we've done that all year, but... Like I said, I, I like where we are right now, and I, I'll, I'll answer those questions when the series is over, like good or bad for the Knights, about how we feel it played out. But you know, most coaches will say, "Well, maybe we shouldn't have been up three. You know, maybe two overtime wins, and then they get two that where it's two too late. So maybe there's a bit of a trade-off there, and how the order played out to get to three-two. But at the end of the day, we were up three-nothing." And we've got to, you know, make sure we do what we have to do to close out. We weren't able to do that. So, but let's not run from the moment or, or anything like that. Like, embrace it. Here we are. And, and I think the guys have. That's a little bit to do with guys have been there. And um, that's what's in front of us. So let's focus on that, not about woulda, coulda, shoulda. Last question, front left. Trying to ask this from a real big picture perspective. But in the cap era, is 3-0 mean what it used to? You know, positively or negatively, it's just you've got two evenly matched teams, and it, like it can, this could happen, right? I, I suspect there are less sweeps than there were. I don't know the numbers to that than there were previously because you had more um, dynasties per se, and uh, there was more separation in the lineups. But I don't know that to be a fact, but I'm guessing that would be the case. So. Um, at the end of the day, I, I would expect you'd see more close series. You had Florida one and four, so who the hell knows, right? I don't. <laughs> We're just trying to get it done in six. <laughs> there you go, Bruce Cassidy. Golden Knights head coach. Reasonable approach, I'd say, heading into game six. If you had a 3-2 series lead heading into it, regardless of how you got there, you would probably take that as an NHL coach, and I think that's a fair statement by him. So we'll see if his team can close it out. Obviously, the pressure shifts massively onto their shoulders if we do have a Game 7 to talk about on Wednesday. But for now, they'll try to take this opportunity and uh, head back to a Stanley Cup final for the second time in franchise history. Of course, once again, uh, just a reminder, you can catch the game here on Sportsnet 960 uh, for your listening pleasure or, of course, Sportsnet and CBC uh, to watch the Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars Game 6 at 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, wherever you uh, watch your uh, hockey, should be a good one tonight. Looking forward to it. We will uh, also uh, talk some Blue Jays later on this uh, uh, this show. We're going to uh, dive into a Blue Jays series win over the Minnesota Twins with Caitlin McGrath. Uh, the return of the Stamps reports coming up too. CFL regular season just around the corner. One more preseason game to go for the Calgary Stampeders against the BC Lions. So stay tuned for Matty Rose and a Stamps report. And uh, then we will later on this hour uh, dive into a big win for Canada yesterday at the IHF World Championships. Three Calgary Flames bringing back gold medals. Milan Lucic, Tyler Toffoli, and Mackenzie Wieger all helping Canada capture gold with a 5-2 win over Germany. Uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, but before we get out of here for the hour, I wanted to remind you as well, not only is there Game 6 Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars tonight, but also uh, a very interesting matchup in the NBA. We could see some history between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Game 7 of their series goes tonight. Tip-off at 6.30. The Boston Celtics look to be the first team in NBA history. NBA history. To come back 
from an 03 series deficit 150 times a team has jumped out to such an advantage in the NBA playoffs like Miami has never in their history has a team come back and upset them this is going to be a good one that is insanity now don't get me wrong it's not like it's a common occurrence in the NHL either or in any league like I mentioned Dallas would just be the 10th team all time to force a game 7 after trailing 3-0 in a series in hockey but for the Boston Celtics to be on the verge of 150 and 0 record to break it off tonight is incredible they've done the hard work they've 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 gotten to game 7 They've done the hard work. Tonight, anything happens. In Boston, too. That's the In biggest Boston. thing. The other times this has happened, that a team has forced Game 7 down 3-0, they've been the road team in Game 7. Boston will be the first team to host a Game 7 in this scenario. TD Garden is going to be off the hook tonight. Dallas is going to be pretty impressive, too. I'll give the Stars fans some credit. They've had a pretty good atmosphere uh, throughout the playoffs. But, man, I cannot imagine. The roof is going to explode in Boston if they can come back and somehow pull this off. Uh, It's incredible. I'm really looking forward to it. I know we don't chat a lot of basketball uh, here on the show, but I I had to bring – this up because like I said, a chance for them to, I just can't believe that in the history of, of basketball, 150 and O is an incredible number. They're the fourth team to ever force game seven, but all, all the teams before have fallen short. The Knicks did it in game seven, of the finals against the Rochester Royals. Oh uh, yes. The, the Rochester Royals. Fan favorite Rochester well. Royals. Denver did it in 94 in the Western conference semis against Utah and Portland almost did it in the 03 Western Conference Finals against Dallas, but none of them were able to clinch it out. Madness. TD is going to be insane. I'm stoked for this. Just a chance to be there is incredible. I mean, if you're Boston, you have nothing to lose. Yeah, you're at home. Just go for it. You've done the hard work, right? You got to Game 7, It's game, and now anything happens, right? All the pressure's on Miami. All of oh, it. Oh, man. Jimmy Butler. Even though Miami was a playing team, the fact that they got up 3-0 in this series means all the pressure on them. I don't care that Boston is the higher seed. It's probably the better and deeper team in this. It's all the pressure in my mind falls squarely on Miami, and I can't wait to see how it goes tonight because with one of those pressure-packed situations, like I said, Cam, you said they're the fourth team, and like I said to that point, the first team to be able to do this at home. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, that's going to be a huge opportunity for Boston to be able to close this out and complete the comeback. Uh, it's going to be a really good night of sports. You don't always get them this, uh, this late into the spring-summer season, but you got hockey tonight. You can switch back and forth between the Stars and the Golden Knights and check out what's happening. 6.30 tip-off, Celtics and Heat. Once again, Boston looking to become the first team in NBA history to overcome an 0-3 series deficit teams uh, before with a one- perfect 150-0 and 0, uh, record heading into uh, those Game 7s. So we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Mentioned it uh, quickly there. Canada is golden again at the World Championships. Three Flames uh, helped lead the way. Mackenzie Weger 
Milan Lucic, and of course the captain Tyler Toffoli. We'll uh, chat about that win uh, for Canada coming up next. Plus, a uh, look in on the Flames coaching situation uh, and who makes sense as the candidate for a new head coaching job here in Calgary. We'll dive into all of that around the corner here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Once again, a huge congratulations to Tyler Toffoli, Milan Lucic, Mackenzie Weger, three members of your Calgary Flames that did their country proud at the World Championships, closing things out over the weekend with a 5-2 win over Germany in the gold medal game. Tyler Toffoli captaining the team to victory. Mackenzie Wieger, one of the most impressive defensemen for any team at the tournament. And Milan Lucic, who many, including myself, wondered how he would handle the bigger ice surface, handle the, you know, just the playing time after a full NHL season, after all the miles Luch has, you know, from his long and tenured NHL career. Uh, all three of them performed admirably and helped Canada uh, to another gold medal. So congratulations to all three of those gentlemen on a well-deserved victory. And uh, Canada, again, gold medal champions with a win over Germany. Uh, of course, uh, on the local front for the Calgary Flames, while uh, those guys were over there doing their thing, uh, the Flames and Craig Conroy still continuing their head coaching search. Amateur scouting meetings finishing up for the Flames. Now the GMs, the new GMs perspective changes to who is going to coach this team uh, so Team Canada victory, coaching search, really only one person to talk to when we have all of those topics. It is Peter Labardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames. He joined Russick and Rose on the big show earlier today to touch on all of those topics and more. Flames radio analyst for Sportsnet 960 on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Peter Labardius. Lou, how are you? I am awesome, gentlemen. How are you guys? We're good. Um, wanted to ask you about the World Championship. You're a big sports guy, big hockey fan, obviously. What would be the puck line on a best-on-best competition between Canada and Latvia? Puck line meaning, what would be the spread? How many how many goals do you think Canada would beat Latvia on a best-on-best competition? In a best-on-best competition. McDavid. Five, five, depending on the day. Okay, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's fair. Depending on the day. Depending and, and on the if... Circum- and the circumstance... Yep. Um, which is always vitally, vitally important. If Goodzlevskis was in net? Yeah, well, then it might be 2014 and 2-1 one and 1-1 with Loris Darzinch being robbed by Carey Price. Yep. And Goodzlevskis not being able to breathe as Canada <laughs> finally won that quarterfinal game yeah. in 2014 against the Latvians 2-1. to one. Uh, that was, uh, again, it was fun watching Canada win the gold medal. But talk about anticlimactic uh, when the way Mike Babcock just choked the game out and just totally, he just loved the way Canada played. Again, yeah, they won the gold medal. Yeah, they- but man, compared to like 02, Lou, like 14 was like the least exciting gold medal ever won by Canada in an international competition, I think. Um, I think it would have been for some people. It certainly wasn't for me. Um because I think that was arguably the greatest Canadian performance in a best-on-best situation, mm. period. 
they gave up six goals <laughs> in the entire event. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, you know, we yeah. beat the United States. We beat the United States in a game where we won in the semifinal one to nothing. And Mr. Rose has a better idea, George, than you, because you've never seen it. You've never been around it in terms of where my emotional state is at when those two countries play in mm. pretty much anything, especially hockey, because it's the one thing that I do not want to give them now or ever, even though I know in my heart of heart and my mind that it's on its way to happening for lots of different reasons, mm. um, certainly at times. Mm. So, no, I, I, I think that was incredible, and that's the only one nothing game ever at any level between Canada and the United States that I never felt like it was ever in danger. And for me personally, that was freaking glorious. Yeah, that blue line was stacked. Oh, yeah. Their commitment to playing without the puck, which is one of the most disregarded parts of breaking down hockey, was exceptional. Absolutely exceptional. Yeah, um, Mike Babcock having his left rights on defense, like he was just, he was just, it's a dream scenario. J-Bo, Drew Doughty, Keith, Petrangelo, Weber, Vlasic, Subban, and Hamus. Like, and what Subban didn't even like barely play. He didn't and even it was play. Tw- uh, yeah. And this Subban is- never got in ten, yep. ten years ago when they were all cruising. Yep. Um, Lou wanted to ask you. Uh, obviously, we're we're all waiting the new head coach of the Calgary Flames. I'm sure that announcement will be made within, let's even say, the next month or so. Um, how much do you think that will impact some of these guys, the seven pending UFAs after this season, and whether or not they want to sign long term in Calgary? Does a guy like Elias Lindholm? want to play for a first-time coach like Mitch Love, or does he want to play with somebody he already knows, like a Kirk Muller or Ryan Huska? I think what's really, really important, George, and I'm glad you asked the question because I've seen a lot of you know different thoughts, different opinions. I think what really needs to happen moving forward is I think this group of veteran people have to come to work and enjoy what they're doing again. Because I truly, and it's not all on the previous coach, it's about the fact that it didn't mix. And you will not read anything about leadership, coaching, anything in this day and age, especially for people of that generation, where it's about creating the right environment in order for people to thrive and be successful. So I have stated on this program many times, on other forums many times, that, you know, the dynamic of the group is already somewhat changed with, you know, the choice to put in power and empower Craig Conroy. Because Craig Conroy has some things going for him that not everybody does. And one is he's one of the most infectious humans you'd ever meet. I don't know if anybody ever associated with Craig wouldn't want to do their best for Craig. But you know what? They wanted to do their best for Brad, too, because of how he went about his business. But that's why it's so important that whoever you pick, yes, it is important that you take the temperature of your players. And because, you know, whether we were just talking about what that incredible Canadian team did in 2014 
um, any teams, any businesses, any relationships that are successful, what's really important is that they, they need to be philosophically on the same page. So, you know, I, I saw, and maybe it's going to be your next question, so I should probably just let you answer it or ask it. I saw a lot of things on the weekend about should they trade Elias Lindholm? Mm. So I'm going to throw it back at you guys because I always value other people's opinions. Even ours? Sorry. Yes, yours. Yes, even yours. Okay. Um, And thank you for that. (laughs) That was quite humorous. I'm trying to be relatively quiet because my wife and I are going back to the Tampa airport, and I promised her that she would have some form of hearing left when this hit was over. Okay. Okay, that's not easy for me to do, but Mm -hmm. it requires a little change and a little patience from everyone. Um, So I saw a lot on the weekend about should you trade Elias Lindholm and should you trade him to Columbus? And so I want people to really think hard about that. And here's why I want you to think about it, because, you know, in, in the fantasy world, I think a lot of people live in, you go, well, the only way to really retool this and win is to have high, high-end players in your lineup. And I believe that. And I believe that more than ever. I'm not sure, even picking after one in this draft, a couple of things, fellas. First of all, I have to think about the makeup of my team. So am I willing right now to tear it down? to get to a better place or am I willing at least for one year where I've changed the coach, where I've changed the dynamic, where I've entered and given more space for more young people to make an impact. Is that the first move? So how do I get there? So I get there by really thinking when I hire a coach, I think about who thinks the game the same way as Craig, what he values, and who's going to get the most out of a veteran-oriented group. Mm. That's what I think about. And only one guy really has that answer. But isn't it it ultimately about asset management here long-term, Lou, because I, I get it. If this is, and even Craig talked about it at, at the, at the newser that, yeah, it's about winning now, get back into the playoffs. This team can compete for a Stanley cup. I understand all of that. But uh, again, I'd be lying if I said, I, I know a ton about Leo Carlson, but he's the guy who's the projected third overall pick. Uh, we've had guys mm-hmm. like Jason Bukula, Sam Cosentino speak very highly of this guy. And if Elias yeah, Lindholm I doesn't do want to, yeah, and, and if Elias Lindholm doesn't want to stay long-term here, Lou, I think it's it's the smart thing to do, and I get it. It's the it, smart thing to do, but you just added the caveat that's really important. And that's the key piece. Just because you heard Elias Lindholm in an exit meeting coming off a very turbulent, unhappy season yeah. where I don't think he would have been a huge fan, probably of the now former coach, I can't assess that position of Elias until I put everything new in place. Mm -hmm. So if the answer to that question is still the same, then of course I'm making that move. Mm -hmm. And of course I'm cutting my ties. And of course I'm moving on. 
But I get this pretty strong sense, fellas, that a lot of what happened this past year, although, listen, it's on the players, too. This is not just a Daryl thing. This is a shared thing. Couldn't get to a better place. But the game's changed now. Well, and then the... in the right place, he gives you a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I get a little frustrated at times by people always thinking that the new flavor of the week is going to be better than what you already have. Mm-hmm. But but also would be the highest pick in Flames franchise history. Is, is Who there cares? Something... Okay. Honestly, in sincerity, if we're talking about Connor Bedard and a franchise type of player, then I'm moving heaven and earth because those guys don't come along very often. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this guy doesn't have a chance to be a great center. But if I'm going to move a 29-year-old guy who, when he is right, is kind of Patrice Bergeron light, I better be careful. Yeah. And I better be careful, too, because what I don't want when teams get into a lot of trouble, fellas, is, is they don't commit. It's like being, you know, you can't be half in and half out. So if, if I had a team that was stacked with young prospects, then you know what? I'm going in that direction, even with how I feel about Elias. But the reason teams don't get to certain places is, yes, in part, do you have high, high-end players? But B, it's about you have to find the marriage, guys, between if you're just adding a couple of nice young pieces here and there, but you never build a group, then you're always, you know what you're going to do? You're going to continue to middle. Mm-hmm. Because you're not committed to anything. You're yeah. not committed to a rebuild. You're not committed to a veteran group and winning. So who are you and what are you? Mm-hmm. So that's the questions. To me, those are questions before and five yeah. in this situation. And you have to take all those things in account before you go forward. Now, if I have decided as an organization that I can't win with this group, then I'm open for anything. But the problem is, do I have enough players to go forward with yet? Yet. And do I have an ownership? Do I have a... Like, I love fan bases in this regard. You know what, you know what I love about fan bases? Mm-hmm. Fan bases are all in on the rebuild until the rebuilds happen, and you get 11,000 people every single night at the rink because you're not competitive. Yep. So what do you want? Can't suck and blow. And the other thing for me, too, is when you look at some of the contracts, Uyghur, Markstrom, Huberto, Kadri, can you bottom out with those guys still being part of your core? Like, I think you're good enough that you probably still end up in that murky middle, that kind of picking that 7-12 to 12 spot instead. Well, Look at these teams that bottomed out. They were terrible. Yeah. If you're committed to go there, George, Ooh. I'm all for going there. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's still about business. Everything for all of us is about business. That's the reality. 
And as much as fans want to tell me they're all in on rebuilds, are you? Yeah. Are our numbers at the radio station higher when the team does better or when they're in the dumper? When they're in the when they're better, usually, yeah. Yeah, but but Lou, if the Toronto Maple Leafs can do it, the Calgary Flames can do it. No, they no. No, George, it's different. It's different. And here's why it's different. Because no matter what you do in Toronto with their history, you're always gonna make a lot of money. That's not the case in Calgary. It's a different fan base. In fact, the fan bases in Edmonton and Calgary are different. Yeah. You can throw those people a poop sandwich for a long time. They're still going to come to the buffet and eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Calgary, uh-huh. even when you have a pretty mm. good team in this day and age, it's not good enough. So you got to think about it big picture, and you got to think about business, and you got to think about who your owner is, and you got to think about your fans. And, you, and as, even as a fan today listening, because it's a hard question, mm-hmm. what do you really want? And I ask my buddies these questions all the time, and they're big sports fans, and they want their teams to be successful and win. But I've also seen with some of my best buddies, with the odd exception, they lose interest pretty fast when their teams aren't competitive. Um, so, you yeah. know, I'm with you. I just think you, I think the problem for all of us is we want it both ways. You can't have it both ways. Like, I get it, Lou, and, and like, again, but why should fans care if the ownership's making money? They shouldn't. Exactly. And, and I don't. They shouldn't. And especially. What but they should care about, George, is what they really want. Okay, but, but again, like, wouldn't now, though, Lou, wouldn't now be the exact timing for this that if you're going to tear this thing down, have a rebuild, get into the top of the draft, start really d- developing young players' prospects, and then when this new building is ready, which we think will get built, you have a young, exciting team ready to compete for a Stanley Cup. Wouldn't now, out of all the years in Calgary, out of all the time, wouldn't now be the time for that? Potentially, yeah, sure, George. But but could I not come back at you and say that do we really know what the current group that was constructed last year is really capable of? Do we? Or should we or should we go one more year and change some pieces and change our philosophy and see if a different environment changes it? Because you know what? Even I'm torn. Hmm. Even I'm torn. But even- because here's the other thing I know about the current Stanley Cup playoffs. Right. Connor McDavid still playing? Yeah, but but this year is an anomaly, Lou. No, it isn't, George. But it happens. It's not an anomaly. Are the Toronto Maple Leafs an an anomaly? I don't think there's one fan listening who wouldn't trade the entire Flames roster for the Leafs roster right now. Well, I, I think I'm a fan. I wouldn't. Okay. You know why? Hmm. Because they've won about as many playoff series in the last how many ever years than Calgary has. Yeah, that's fair. 
but just talent-wise, right? Again, George, do you want the best talent or do you want to win? Those aren't the same. But 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 aren't they? But they go hand in hand, though. That's no, the they thing. don't. No, they don't. Because if they did, the Toronto Maple Leafs would still be playing hockey. Yeah, I yeah, Lou, I, I get that. But then you look at teams like the Avs, the Lightning, the Blackhawks. Yeah, but it's loaded time too. Yeah. No, I I know. Time. And how easy it is has it been? I'm not saying it's a perfect system. Here's Toronto, George. Just give me one half sec, okay? No, no problem. All right. Here's Toronto in a nutshell. Okay. Toronto didn't necessarily come up short because they don't have enough talent. Toronto came up short because they've put all their eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. And to me, you can have the greatest forwards in the world. But you know what? The Toronto Maple Leafs, in my opinion, and it's just mine, had one top four defenseman. One. Yep. One. Mm-hmm. What do we just talk about with Team Canada off the start of this show? They gave up six goals in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not only did you have the best players, but you know what the best players were willing to do? They were willing to commit to playing it how you had to play it to win. And you did. We just had a world championship team that, to be honest, might have been one of the worst world championship rosters talent-wise that I've ever been around. And I watched that bloody event closer than damn near anyone I know that isn't in the scouting business. Yeah. But they won because they were committed and they were really good when it mattered. You don't win in sports with the best people. You win in sports with the right best people. And mm-hmm. that's what makes it hard. It's the same as our business. You can have the best group of announcers on planet Earth at a station. But you know what, George? If they are not aligned and don't believe and don't care about one another and it's all about them, you're going to have a crappy station. Yep. you got to have a team. Teams still win in team sports. That's why I love it so much. That's why I'm not a huge individual sport person. There you go. A fiery Peter Labardius this morning with Russick and Rose on the big show. All things Team Canada. Bring it back to the Calgary Flames in their situation looking for a new head coach. Great stuff. Reminder, you can get uh, that show and all of our Sportsnet 960 shows wherever you get your podcast. Google, Amazon, Spotify, wherever your favorite podcatcher is. Uh, you can go there and search for your favorite 960 shows. They go up moments after every hour finishes. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. The Toronto Blue Jays finally with a series win under their belt. Can they use that going forward? We'll ask Caitlin McGrath of the Athletic. All things Blue Jays come up next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.